This edition of the AA Show is dedicated to the victims of the Bowling Green Massacre. Well, my body's been a maggot, and I miss your gender hit, and the way you like the daggers. Won't you come on over? Stop making a fool out of me. Clearly, I'm in a fickle today. Uh, I'm in a dilemma. I don't know. I don't know what AA stands for this week. Uh, it's either Austin, Arizona, and the honor of Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs, who's from Scottsdale, Arizona. I just came back from there, or in the honor of the V Day, the day I'm recording this. It's all alone. Somebody suggested that, and I was like, "Wow, that is the most depressing thing I've ever heard." Yet funny. So.、Um, You know, I don't know. Either way, welcome to the AA Show. It's a February fifteenth edition, two thousand seventeen. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I might change the name of this thing, cause uh, I'm running out of AA acronyms. Although uh, you know, I think I have the next couple weeks covered at least. You know, given the travels and all that stuff. Well, my name is BK. If you haven't heard an episode of this thing and this is the first time you're hearing this, this is where I talk about every week、uh, about life, politics, sports. Whatever ha- happening, whatever is happening around the world, pretty much, and then、uh, you know my views change every week, every day, every year, I guess, and then、uh, you know so I share that. So I remember it next time if I my political position changes or my career changes, whatnot. I don't talk about my job. I'll say it right now. It's a disclaimer. Uh, but yeah, and also again, this is a this is like the sense of anarchy. This is like a Jack Teller, John Teller, you know, narration of the、uh, life of. I don't know for my kids later if they ever run into a situation, if they have a hating mode like they I have often, he'll be like, "Hey, where did that come from?" It's like, "Why am I like this?" Like, "Nah, nah, nah, it's in your blood. It's in your blood." And you know, it's for the future nephews and nieces too, in case I don't have any kids. God, it's depressing saying that on the V Day. So,、uh, speaking of V Day,、uh, it's a Veterans Day for the singles, lest we forget.、Uh, it's a Valentine's Day. I completely forgot. I didn't ign- like. I didn't purposely forget it. I've been busy. Traveling and just you know getting rest and all that stuff, I completely forgot. And then、uh, obviously, you s- if you are on Instagram, Snapchat, and all that stuff, you go like, "Oh, it's a today's a day." Well, I didn't have anyone to satisfy with, so I'm like, "Whatever, I I, I live my day, so it's good." But then again, it's it's not a holiday; it's a shopping holiday. It's a made-up day, you know. So why 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 are we? Why are we enforcing this? This is the worst day to go out and eat. So I, I, I don't have any food in the fridge right now. So I was gonna go out and get some dinner, but then I realized, oh shoot, today's today's the worst day to go out. If you wanna, you know, go eat, and then you know you don't make a reservation, and then you show up alone, and you look like a loser, or you run into a group of like girlfriends or guy friends. Guy friends don't have Valentine's Day dinner, right? But anyway, so I don't know. It's a Veterans Day. Uh, for the single people, and then um, you know, if you're used to it, eh, whatever. I I'm not thinking, thinking much of it. But uh, yeah, love is in the air or whatever. But there are bigger things to worry about at the moment. Uh, speaking of love, uh, breaking news. Uh, we have a we have a new bachelorette. Uh, the 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 current season of Bachelor is not even over, yet they announced a new bachelorette who is Rachel. Um, the first ever, ever ever, black bachelorette. And then、uh, it was a shock. It was out of nowhere. And then I, you know, it, I I always made fun of the show Bachelor Bachelorette. It took sixteen years, seventeen years, sixteen years, twenty somewhat seasons. 
that they never had a minority, you know, uh, bachelor, bachelorette, and that you know all the winners are, you know, white. so, and then the, finally, I, 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 I'm out of words. I'm stammering right now. They, they pick Rachel, the one of the most likable girls, and then uh, she's a lawyer. She's thirty. She's well established, and then the I was uh, having a conversation with a friend of mine, and then she said, "Well, yeah, but <laughs> it would be f- she would end up picking some white dude again, <laughs> you know, out of twenty five or thirty guys, right?" And I'm like, "Ah, let's see how that goes." And then um, I'm sure if I don't know how it's gonna go, I I I'll watch the season, I guess, of Bachelorette. I generally hate Bachelorette because I I hate how men act in this. I like how Nick is in this show until he cried like two weeks ago. I thought he was like a man's man. You know, just streaming, lagging things, and then all of a sudden he started crying. I go like, I can't do this. You know, and but then, anyways, back to Rachel. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna watch it. I I want. This is gonna make the betting line interesting to see how how long the minorities last. Are we gonna have a black guy going to final four? Are we finally gonna have a George Mason of Bachelorette or Bachelor? I'm I'm excited for that matter as a gambling man. So there's that. All right. Uh. Out of the love situation, why while I'm inside, well, there's a reason why I'm also inside. Aside from forgetting the, the Valentine's Day, uh, I had a I had an ingrown toenail uh, situation fixed uh, last week. There, and then uh, if you wanna, if you wanna skip through the next couple minutes at least on hearing about toenails, go ahead. Uh, but uh, it, it's not on a big toe, which what a lot of people have. It, it started on a pinky toe. It's like a sixth toenail coming up. I've had it for like two years or something, and I didn't really realize it until I started kicking soccer balls or basketball, or when I was walking around a lot in San Francisco, you know, with a lot of travels and walking around that I'm doing now, and I finally said, screw this, I'm going to get rid of this thing, and I did, and uh, it, it's good because it's not poking against anything, but then, you know, the the aftercare of the thing I got was like, you know, don't do squats, don't do anything, you know, it's it, it depends on the pain tolerance level I have. But, you know, at least the first 24, 48 hours, you know, try to just wear flip-flops and keep it, keep the toe open. And then, you know, you, you know, put the Neosprin on and the Band-Aid on. It's going to bleed and leak and all, all that shit. And I haven't gotten an exact instruction as to how long I have to do this and do the caring. So I've been doing a good job maintaining it until yesterday where I accidentally stubbed my toes on my left foot. Uh, three of them, the small one, the fourth one, and the middle one into the <laughs> office chair wheel now stubbing your toes is, are, is always hilarious because it, it's the worst pain whether you have an open toe or not you know open toenail or not but when you hit it dead on you know where you you're missing the toenail and then you have an open skin and you just hit it that hurts like a motherfucker and then i started yelling uh, I if we recorded this and I have a Vine moment, it'd be hilarious because my exact words are shit, fuck, shit, fuck, and then saying that over and over for a good five minutes, and then I f- I feel the blood coming out again. You know, it wasn't like gross or anything. I go like, ah, shoot, I thought I could remove the bandaid from now on, but I guess not. So I call the doctor and then see how long I have to do the aftercare, and then I feel like today when I was at the office, I feel like the toe was bruised. So I was like, I can't do this. And then I skipped the workout today because I couldn't really put weight on it. And I have a leg day to do, which, you know, some people are like, ah, screw that, man. Just you recover your toe and then focus on your chest. Every day is an international chest day, right? And then work on your arm and then work on your abs. And I'm like, yeah, but then I'm going to look like a 1930s bodybuilder, you know, where they just have a ridiculous upper body and just have a chicken leg. And I'm like, I don't want to end up like that. And then I was like trying to think of a way 
Thankfully, it's not on the big toe. Well, big toe has 40% of your body weight, you know, pressured on, right, by gravity. And then I'm like, like, all right, it's a small toe, so I could manage it. But, man, I can't, like, you know, pivot off of the left side as much. And then I don't want to hurt it so much where, and then, you know, and then I can't put the shoe on for a long, long time. You don't worry about the heat and then the sweat and all that stuff where the bacteria might come in even with a band-aid. So I'm like, ah, man, I, I, I'm panicking now. And then I've been doing so well with the workout and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe I'm having a bit of a workout phobia at the moment because of it. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, should I work out with my right leg only? So I'm going to have the strongest right leg and then the left leg looks really like, what is it, bony or some shit? So I'm like, I don't know. So... Anyways, I'm going to try to figure that out. I'm going to wait for the doctor's advice as to what to do. Uh, yeah, so despite the toe situation, I decided to handle it because they said give it a couple days. You know, don't walk around or do extreme walking and exercise so much. So I did this Wednesday last week that I I said give a couple days before I go to Arizona. And then I'm going to walk around in Arizona. I'm going to walk around the desert and then I'm going to walk around the uh, hockey arena. So uh, how did Arizona go? Um well, uh, I do have a list of uh, questions. I, I printed it out. I like an agenda, as you can hear. A list. Uh, but before we get to the specific Q&As, uh, what did I do? I was there uh, just one day on Saturday. I left at 5.30 in the morning. No, 5 in the morning, I think. And then uh, the flight was 6.20, 6.30 or something. So I got to the... I ended up getting to Phoenix at... Uh, 10.30, 10.45, just before 11 in the morning, mountain time over there. Uh, and I I absolutely hated the airport experience. While airport was okay, it felt a lot like the New Mexico Albuquerque airport. Very small, but then um, the, there are a lot of terminals, and then the, it's a big-ass loop. Um, so it's, it was really, really confusing getting out of it, especially from the car rental center. And also the car rental center, I had hurts. It is the slowest car rental I've ever gone through. I think I waited like 20 minutes. And then I had an, I got a ticket for a tour at the Taliesin uh, West where Frank Lloyd Wright had his architect school and where he died, which I'm going to get to in a little bit. So I had a dilemma was to, okay, should I book it for noon or 1230? So I said, just to be safe, let's do 1230. And then that was a good call because I ended up getting out at like 1140 or something by the time I got to the car. And then it hurts. Man, Hertz is so slow, the way they do things. And then um, they we had to do it over the machine. And then I got sucked into upgrading the, the car to a 2017 Ultima. I should have asked, like, hey, is this an upgrade? I just wanted the Kia Soul or something. I, and it's like, oh, it's extra $20. But I didn't care at this stage. You know what? Maybe that that's their tactic. That's a Hertz's tactic. They make you wait so long that you, you just lose a sight of everything and go, like, do you want to just get an Ultima? It's a nice car. And then I just, like, said, yeah, sure. And then it would be $20. And without thinking, I just said, yeah, sure, whatever. And then I just wait. Only thing I thought about is waiving all the coverages because I had the Sapphire card from Chase, which covered good enough stuff, except the liability. But I knew I wasn't going to get into an accident in a desert. So I said, yeah, yeah, wave everything, forget the car. And then I, I ended up, I prepaid it off of Priceline for $44. And then the final bill with all the stupid taxes and tourist tax, I ended up paying another $40 on top of it. So I'm like, ah, god damn, I, I should have at least knocked off the $20. That could have been the meal. That could have been like two beers at the hockey game. So, 
anyways, like what happened, 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 and then I'll take the Altima. And Altima, the new car that was under 5,000 miles, uh, I can't believe I'm gonna be car reviewing a little bit. Why, my God, that thing, that thing drifts like a madman. And then I was like, this isn't GTR. What the hell is this? I felt like I was losing balance. Either somebody fucked it up or this is how Altima feels. It felt different from other Altimas that I drove. And it's a 2017. I couldn't believe how crummy the handling was. So I, I wasn't exactly happy. I was just said, eh, whatever. But then, um, yeah, so how was the weather there? Well, uh, it was good. I was just in my t-shirt. And then even the hockey arena wasn't that cold, which I'm going to get to. Um... And it's a desert, so everything's a little far away. I didn't realize, like, uh, Scottsdale, Tempe, Glendale, Phoenix was, like, really, really far from each other. <laughs> and then uh, when I finally got out of the uh, airport, the uh, Phoenix airport, it took me about 30 minutes to get to the Scottsdale uh, Tal- Taliesin West, which is, like, the north part of Scottsdale. Um, so it, it, it was a drive, and I didn't eat. And then... Uh, I was hungry, but the tour was an hour and a half long, and I said, all right, you know what? After this, I'm going to go get the habaneros, uh, uh, Mexican food. I heard they're good, so I sucked it up, and then I went to the Taliesin West and saw the Frank Lloyd Wright School and did the tour, and then, thank God, you, you should prepay for that thing. And my recommendation, get the, do the Insights Tour. It's $34 if you prepay. It's $36 if you get it on the spot, but the Insights Tour is really popular. So, um, you know, by the time I got there at noon or just past noon, they said the next one available was at 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon. So I was like, all right. And interestingly enough, or maybe not interestingly, I was the only, uh, I don't know, Asian person there. And not too many young people there. I saw one hipster couple and then I saw one couple that's young-ish. But then a lot of them were old people and old ladies, like in a book club or some shit that came out. And then you can clearly see these old dudes who came out of a retirement tour or party or whatever that joined their grandmothers. So that was fun. And then I was the only one doing alone. And then um, I was like, hey, where are the Asian people at? Like, don't they appreciate architecture? They should know who Frank Lloyd Wright is. And then I was like, I wanted to see it. This is w- this is one of the only two uh art or architectural tour i wanted i planned beforehand and i was like all right let's check this shit out and it was pretty beautiful it's it's in front of this place called the black mountain in scottsdale and uh frank lloyd wright uh if you don't know he's originally from midwest uh illinois and wisconsin uh but then uh, and later in his life uh, he he split his uh year between wisconsin and uh phoenix for the winners and he had this like this architect design school here since like 1910 until his death and then um you know it, it became a house it's it essentially a studio you know a lot of apprentices and the potential future architects come you know the apprentices they call them they come in and then you know help out building stuff keep renovating while they learn things and get the desert influence you know, kind of like, uh, you know, the Georgia O'Keeffe, what she did in her ranch in New Mexico. You know, she did her drawing, but she had all art- artists and, you know, potential uh, students come in and, you know, take her influence and, you know, take the New Mexico air in. But Frank Lloyd Wright's case, he took the desert in and then he loved the open space and then the desert at night. And then he hated glasses, you know, he was famous for that. But later, you know, uh, he realized that the glasses are needed with the cold winter uh, at least the night winter winter nights that the desert has and all that stuff and at the time when uh Wright moved to Phoenix there wasn't like power lines or water pipes laid you know laid around infrastructurally so he loved the view with all the cactuses and just the empty land and coyotes popping up 
But later, as Phoenix started developing, um, there was also a Boeing factory there where they developed the uh, warplanes and stuff during the war times for World War II. You know, a lot of people started moving into these empty lands, and then uh, you know they started putting power pole on, and then the uh, one power pole distracted him, you know, from his view. So he got so mad that he wrote a letter to who was it, President Eisenhower, I think. Yeah, but that the. Uh, they finally gave up. So what he ended up doing in his house from his living room view was that he walled it in, the view that had the one power pole that was blocking it, and then he just, you know, changed the orientation and then the view. So he looked inwards towards his backyard, towards the mountainside, and then he's like, you know, fuck it, fuck it, fuck the government. And then the main thing about Frank Lloyd Wright is, uh, just like many other, I guess, crazy artists, uh, is that he was a massive asshole. So, he his I I guess the the good way of putting it, nicer way of putting it is he's the symbol of American individualism. You know, he was never the part of the architectural society of America and all that stuff. And then they give him medal, and then he just rejects it. It's like, nah, I'm not part of you. I'm not part of you. I'm not just an architect. Yet at the same, and then he never patented his stuff. So when he had a lot of court battles and stuff, uh, one one of the stories that he told. We were told was that uh, he was taking an oath uh, in one of the patent battles, and then he said, uh, "State your name and uh, your your job." And then he said, "My name is Frank Lloyd Wright, and I'm the world's greatest architect." And he just sat down. And then his lawyer went, "What the hell was that?" And then he just said, uh, "I'm under oath. I'm supposed to tell the truth, so I told the truth." So, <laughs> which I was like, "God damn, this motherfucker!" And then um, the way he built the place, I mean, if you. If you don't know, one of the most his famous one is the uh, Guggenheim Museum in New York, and then um, another one is a waterfall in Pennsylvania, and there are many other ones. But then uh, at least uh, Taliesin West, the entrance is really small. The guy was like Tom Cruise height, like five six, although he declared he was five nine, which I I say it's a lie. It's, he's like an athlete. He's an asshole. He's gonna he's gonna lie about his height. So the entrance is really small. So when I walked into many of the structures, I my hair barely hit the door entry. But then it's like a crescendo when you walk in. So it feels small when you enter, and then it 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 starts. The ceiling level starts going up, and then you feel like wow, this is feels so open for such a compact little space. And then you know this was on purpose. And then the in the living room or any living places he he had a wall but then his wall had purpose it, it's not like a regular wall it's like a flat you know at a certain height seven foot eight foot you know ten feet or whatever and then you know you can just hang curtains or wall he uh, and the art on the wall he hated that apparently so in many of the houses that he built for all the rich people you know when he saw an art you know above a fireplace or something he just took him he told them to take it down he's like i didn't build this damn place so you can hang art I built the fucking art for you. And even when the Guggenheim Museum was built, there were some problems with some of the floors where they couldn't hang the artwork. So Frank Lloyd Wright, the asshole answer he said was, well, my job was to build the museum, so you figure out how to hang the art. I'm just paraphrasing it bad here. I said, cut it in half or something like that. (laughs) So they had to figure that out. And then then if he liked a certain art, like the Japanese art, apparently he was a... He clearly had a huge influence with the Japanese uh, stat- statues and uh, what you might call it, you know, just the uh, sculptures. You know, he he had like a wall counter or whatever, like a kitchen counter. But then he integrated the artwork 
within the tile on that counter and the side so you see the art but it's not like a hanging art so you know it's like my parents never put a nail through the wall in your house and like the same thing so he he like he did that and then his style was very simple and uh it's very advanced for his time in the 1910s 30s 40s 50s and i walked into one of the bathroom in his uh bedroom and it was all metal it, it looks like a it, even to this day it's a modern day bathroom with a like a silver metal and then you look at it it's like when did he do this it's like 1940s 19 late 1940s like wow and then i didn't take a picture of the bathroom but then you can probably go look it up it was so fascinating i was like how, how, wow this is like a 19 like a 2000s design how did he do this it's like well apparently when the war ended the Boeing factory and all these uh, weapon factories had a lot of scrap metal lying around, the me metal material, basically. So he just took them and discussed with the apprentices as to what to do with it. And then he's like, all right, let's make a bathroom out of this. And then they had the, they had the bathtub, the toilet, and then the, the sink. And then he, he did this uh, that looking like an airplane, like a, like a wind tunnel. But then it looks like a very cool modern-day bathroom. And then like he did this in... In the 40s and 50s and it's very fascinating and of course when the when the you know after edison and then the light bulb started coming in he started experimenting a lot with the uh lights he hated the light bulb you know looking at the light bulb as a light source he his main thing also was you know later in his life in the 30s and 40s he started experimenting with the lighting and he really liked the indirect lighting which is like never see the source of the light so if you have a light bulb you know put like some paper or some other material that would radiate the light uh and luminescence of it but never show the core of the light so then that you know very subliminal kind of downtone kind of luminance i know i don't know if i'm describing this right you know it replaced all the you know the lanterns that he had in his uh in his studio here in phoenix so it was very fascinating and then um one of the last after looking at his bedroom the office space uh and, the and all those things uh we the last place we got to was the uh the theater that he built out of the out of the, the stone and all that stuff now this people are wondering where he got aside from just a pure architectural design and lighting perspective this guy figured out a way to figure out the acoustics in the theater and people haven't still figured out how he learned how to have a perfect acoustic in a, in a movie theater. He had his own movie theater before anyone had a movie theater. And then because he's a movie buff, apparently. So, and there was a one demo of, uh, what was it? The, uh, the acoustic of the theater room we were in. And then he didn't use any acoustic materials. But then he figured out the shape somehow that created the perfect acoustic and then the volume that can reach to the back of the room uh with a gap and all that stuff which was very fascinating but um anyways i don't want to bore you with the architectural stuff but then um i saw and it was a great great tour i was very fascinated at the um i'll definitely check it out again you know do other tours they got like five different tours and then in this uh, scottsdale uh taliesin west that's where also the frank lloyd wright foundation uh, is a uh, headquartered so um, I'll probably, if I go to like Philly or uh, New York again, I'm definitely going to check out his other uh, structures there. Um, but then um, again, like any, like 
many other grades he was a massive asshole and then um he didn't i'm sure i'm sure the arizona and new mexico attracted him too because like he's like a, such a libertarian you know and then he used to drive like 100 miles an hour when the cars weren't even going you know 40 miles an hour and he got caught he got his driver's license revoked and all that so his third wife ended up driving him around and then he loved fast cars too and then i i wondered you know i was like wow what's it like driving in the desert and then you know i kind of felt it when i was driving in new mexico i just love the open space and then i love the wide lanes of new mexico and then i was like wow phoenix and arizona is probably the same some people hate it because it's the most boring drive ever it's like a straight road you just go i don't know maybe if i do more of it uh i'll get bored too but i i love the climate there in the arizona phoenix area it was just 70 something I roll down the window, I drive, like the speed limit was 65, but I was going at 85, 90 in my stupid-ass Altima, and then uh, it was great. Although, I'll mu I must say the lanes are way narrower, and then I don't understand why, again, it's not just Phoenix, but I don't understand American drivers staying on the left lane, on the fast lane. If you go to Germany, all of them move over. And then you get the Autobahn where you just got like no speed limit in certain segments and go. And it's way more efficient. I had to do a lot of zigzag doing this. And then that, again, it's scientifically proven that zigzagging, lane changing is the main cause of the accidents on the highway. Therefore, don't drive slow in the fast lane. If the speed limit is 65, you should go at least 75 because that lane's purpose is to pass everybody. So that was a one disappointing part of driving in New, uh, in Phoenix. At least in New Mexico, people moved over or learned to scoot over at 75, you know. And unless you're doing 9,500, police doesn't catch you anyway. So I was, uh, I I just felt that I'm like, God, this is so stupid. This, why why are you why are we being inefficient here? And then Arizona, it's a Republican state. I was like, you're all idiots because of this. Then again, California, Washington, same thing happens. People driving on a solar lane. So there's that. Uh, so I love the climate. I love the drive. Maybe it's a perfect climate going in uh, February. So, you know, and then the drive was good. And then uh, I've, I ended up driving a lot. And then the schedule ended up being really tight. So, you know, I got to the Taliesin West at just afternoon. And then, you know cool down a little bit then the tour was hour and a half long and then uh, i got my lunch at habanero uh which was really good it's a chain down there but then the food is really good i got the uh what was it paradia paladia uh the, the you know the steak that was good and then um after that i kind of killed some time just to cool down get some coffee because i haven't really slept much you know and then got the starbucks mugs i got the phoenix in arizona so we count is up to 21 now um and then uh, I said, you know what, let's let's go to Glendale because I bought the tickets to the Arizona Coyotes versus the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, ticket. So uh, we got to the hockey game. And then um, I, I heard things about Arizona hockey, Phoenix hockey, you know, Glendale. And then the team has a lot of trouble and all that stuff. Um, no one comes to watch hockey. And then I thought it was a joke when they said this thing was next to a mall parking lot. This arena, uh, I, the name changed so many times. I think it's now it's called Gilia, Gilia, J-I-L-A, River Arena. It used to be Jobbing.com, Jobbing.com Arena. Uh, but then I was like, I got to the mall, and then the first place I got to was the AMC Theater, and I was like, what the hell is this? This is like a Yorkdale mall. And then beyond that is more mall, more restaurants, the usual Red Robin, Subway, uh, all that shit. And then I was like, there's... 
and then the arena is at the south end of this thing. And then there's also the University of Phoenix Stadium where the Arizona Cardinals play. Uh, where I said the Seattle Seahawks literally threw away their Super Bowl victory at 49. <laughs> um, so, and then I noticed that, so they're free parking, but if you get closer to the arena, like halfway point of the mall, or like way past the end of part of the mall, closer to the Helia River Arena, they charge you like $15 and then $25. So I was like, God damn, it's like, screw this. I'm not going to pay. I don't have cash. So I said, I'm just going to park at the EMC Theater and walk. And it perfectly, it worked out just fine. It wasn't that far because it's not a huge-ass mall. But the fact that I had to walk through a mall to get to a hockey arena was ridiculous. And I was like, this is a fucking mall. And then in, it's Glendale, not Phoenix. This is like a 30-minute drive from downtown Phoenix. And then another 35 minutes, you know, with the 45 minutes with the accident from Scottsdale and Tempe and all these other areas. So I'm like... Dude, this is way far. This is nothing here. This is a fucking suburb. So I was I was shocked and I go like, why why would I come to a game here, man? It's not like it's like a like after the game, yeah, sure, you can go to like a well-known bar there, but then like it's a mall. I can't hang out here. This is not a hangout spot. This is so stupid. So, anyways, uh before I get into the specifics, I have a list. I have a list right here. So, uh Let's get to the questions about Phoenix and Arizona. This is something a little different. I, I asked, I've had, you know, a few people asking me a whole bunch. And then I said, just list it. I'm not going to answer it right now because I don't want to repeat myself. So we have a list of Phoenix right here. Okay, first, uh, general questions about Phoenix. First question, why wasn't I in Flagstaff or Grand Canyon? Good question. Um... I didn't have time to drive that far. Again, I was on a very tight schedule. And then um, I didn't want to overpay. I couldn't find the flight schedule that would fit, you know, the long drives and then the coming back part of it uh, with the Alaska Airlines. The only flights, it, it was really schedule restraint. Um, and then you might go like, well, why didn't you just stay an extra day? I, at the same time, I'm like, I have to pay for another hotel. Is it worth it if I go by myself? I just wanted to see the city, and then I had, I just wanted to see a couple things at first, you know, before I go to the usual tourist spot. Um, so, and then the Flagstaff is like, I think it's like an hour, hour and a half, and then Grand Canyon is like three hours or something. And I, I said, nah, I'll do it next time. I can do that when I go to Vegas or something too. So there's that. It was a completely schedule uh, limited uh, constraint. And then I'm um, also personally, I, I didn't want to do the usual shit. So um, there was a bit of that too. I wanted to see, see the Frank Lloyd, right? And then the hockey game. That was a main goal. And then just see some parts of the city. Uh, next question. Why only a day? Uh, flight schedule. It was very limited. I couldn't, for the price, I couldn't figure it out. I, if I stayed another day and, uh, you know, I only stayed one night because the flight the next morning was at 6. Uh, if I stayed another day, it would have been another hundred dollars in a crummy hotel with bed bugs, and also it doesn't guarantee me to get back in time. So the reason, not just this trip, that I'm only doing a day, or you know half a day, is that uh you know I don't want to burn my holidays. I I want to save that up, and then um you know I I want to maximize a weekend, and at the same time, I want to get back and have a recovery time. You know you heard my voices the last. Uh, four trips where I was like, oh, I'm so out of it. And I wanted to get the Sunday back this time, so I wanted to do that. 
so yeah that's why it was only a day and i i only wanted to do a couple things uh is it a dry heat yes it is it's not like florida where it's humid and people say that too even in this i've heard it from the locals when i was there it's like 105 degrees but you know it's dry so it's it's dry so it's tolerable but i'm like yeah 105 i don't want to deal with it um bigger retirement state florida or arizona good question now the running joke about florida always is it's where the old jewish people go i want the canadian people too uh i think florida is a bigger retirement state but arizona because of the price and then all those things uh for winter time i think it's a good retirement choice too um i know when the economic downfall with the housing mortgage crisis happened in 2008 some condos like dropped really bad into like fifty, sixty thousand. You know, I mean, Florida was like that too, but Arizona got hit hard um, at that time. Now it's a little better. Uh, you know, Nevada was pretty bad too with the housing crisis. But then, um, I, I think uh, Phoenix is pretty good too. I heard a lot of people, you know, a lot of folks who don't have money to go to Florida, Fort Lauderdale, and all those usual places, and like, yeah, Phoenix and uh, Arizona, it's a good place to go, you know, weather is nice, it's tolerable, and I certainly saw a lot of old people, so, um, you know, that, so, but Florida is a bigger retirement state, still, that's where the money is, that's where the, you know, more tolerable climate is, you know, although I don't know how, how long that state's gonna last, given the climate change and global warming and all that stuff, and then I know all these old people don't give a shit, because their belief is, yeah, we're gonna die, who gives a shit anyway, but at the same time, these are the same people who get the Medicare, you know, and the Medicaid and all that, and live the longest as they can, so hypocrisy right there, keep blaming millennials, anyways, I'm getting off topic, all right, uh, those are the general questions at the moment, oh boy, the time is flying, uh, Arizona Coyotes, a hockey game. All right, get get to this a little bit. I have four questions, five questions. First question, is Arizona seriously a big enough market to justify all this? It's not like L.A. or some other city. Uh, uh, good question. Uh, Phoenix is a viable market from a TV standpoint. And, you know, certainly a lot of people are moving there with the retirees, with the old people and all that. And Tempe is becoming a bit of a tech hotbed, too, a little bit. Intel is one of the big companies there. However, at the same time, the Arizona Coyotes this year, is they're celebrating their 20th season, yet they haven't really made a lot of money. And uh, I think the market's big enough, but then the quality of hockey was garbage when I was there. So what I mean by that is it's not just a team being shit. Uh... The ice rink I mentioned earlier was not as cold as other ice rinks I've been to. And this arena, uh, the Coyotes, they used to play where the Phoenix Suns, the basketball team, play. But then that's a basketball arena. So they had to move to Glendale to get an ice hockey-specific arena where nobody is. The problem with this thing was it was 78 degrees outside. And it wasn't as cold. So clearly ice is like a fucking mushy sleeth or whatever because a puck was bouncing around i like i don't know what i don't know what a good simile is but a puck was bouncing around like a mad madman i'll be honest and then um i never seen a puck fly and then bounce so much that the professional players at the highest level didn't know how to control it the only player that was able to control the puck decently was ty domi's son max domi and rest of the people, like Phil Kessel, Chris Letang, 
uh, even Mike Smith, one of the goals that he gave up, he, he the puck just like stopped because the, the ice was bad. And Sidney Crosby, you know, and then a lot of people struggled to skate. It was a bad hockey. And then people are yelling because there are a lot of first-time hockey watchers too. They're like, oh, we can shoot it, shoot it. I'm like, you can't fucking shoot it. The puck is bouncing like a fucking basketball. How is he going to do this? Like a ping pong ball. I never seen the pu- hockey puck get off the rails so often and go to the stands as often. I was so frustrated watching this. And I'm like, how, if this happens in February and then the world is getting warmer and then you built this arena specifically for hockey, yet you cannot maintain, maintain this fucking ice, how are you going to present the best product? On ice. Is this even a nice? The arena itself is great. I love it. It's very intimate. It has a. It is still very new. But I, I, I can't take the quality of hockey. It's not just the team. The ice was bad, and all the players admitted it after the game, or even during the intermissions. They're like, "The ice is bad. Ice is tough." But uh, you know, we'll figure it out. We gotta win this. And the Phoenix Coyotes or the Arizona Arizona Coyotes now ended up winning this, beating the defending Stanley Cup champs. Three, four to three in overtime. It was three to one at some point, and I was flabbergasted by this thing. And also, it was a Saturday night. There are a lot of Penguins fans that came in, uh, from especially from Vegas, and then I, I was very surprised. It was like eighty percent Penguins fans, and it, the arena wasn't full. The lower bowl was at least empty and I'm like how are you going to do this if you're defending Stanley Cup champs with your the league's best player Sidney Crosby LeBron of the National Hockey League comes and doesn't sell this building out how is this going to work and then the most recent rumor as of last week is that the Arizona Coyotes are finally looking to moving to either Seattle or Portland and I said please move this team to Pacific Northwest this is not going to work in Arizona it hasn't worked for 20 years stop keeping this thing alive uh, but Population-wise, it is possible to support, to answer this. Uh, second question, isn't the rink out in the burbs too, in the suburbs? Yes. Uh, Glendale, as I mentioned earlier, is about a half an hour, 35-minute drive. I feel like it's an eternity with a given fucking traffic and construction going on uh, from downtown Phoenix. And then um, it's a desert, so everything's a little far. Everything's a fucking drive. So it's in the suburbs, but it's, in, it's not in the suburb that you would imagine like say Toronto to Markham or well you know what it's it's like Markham putting a team in Markham Ontario or I don't know like I can't think of other cities examples like Plano instead of Dallas you know and in the shitty suburb and clearly the city of Glendale took this as an opportunity to grow and Glendale isn't exactly a fucking hangout spot. Scottsdale, that's a tourist spot. That's where the outsiders come. Tempe, that's a fucking college town where Arizona State is. Or just downtown Phoenix. That's where the shindigs go on amongst the locals. It's not like that. It's a fucking Glendale. It's a manufactured town. And there's this big-ass mall, the Westgate Entertainment District. With, and I had to park at the mall and walk. And I was in disbelief yes it is in the suburbs yes to answer the question uh number three why does phoenix get all these chances and bailouts that's a question for the commissioner of the nhl to answer my guess is that uh it's been going so long i think it's one of the gary bettman's vision it's not just phoenix or arizona you know there's north carolina and san jose and all that too it's all the san jose in some cases worked out i think they want to expand the market where 
you know, the high, they want to have that grassroots effort. And I certainly saw that at the arena. They had a jersey of every little hockey team, local, amateur, semi-pro, college, varsity team. You know, the jersey's hanging. And I thought it was pretty cool. I didn't take a picture of it. But um, it was cool. But then I don't think it's at that Minnesota, Michigan level or even Washington State or even California level. So, I, and then, you know, obviously, as this shows, the acronym meaning goes Austin, Austin Matthews. You know, he grew up in Scottsdale and grew up a Coyotes fan. You know, I think they're hanging on to him for so long. But um, I think th- I think that gives a verbal false hope. Like, look, a guy like Austin Matthews, who could have played baseball, decided to play hockey, and then he's one of the most exciting future players in the next 20 years in the NHL. He came out of Arizona. So... I think that kind of thing kind of worked out, but I don't think this can sustain. It took 20 years to get one Austin Matthews. And yes, it's a it's a great retiree place. And then I understand why the hockey players love it because it's so nice compared to, say, Edmonton or something. And I'm, I'm sure all the Edmonton people are getting triggered. And it, the players, I think, actually love the area because it's not like Toronto. It's not like Detroit where you get bothered and you get recognized in a, you know the hockey fear cities. And you you get you you can be left alone and then the winter times are nice. You don't get the media scrutiny. So I think it's not just the league trying to raise the awareness of hockey and grow it in certain markets. I think it's also the players loving it. You know, especially coming a lot of them coming from rough parts of Canada and then like Scandinavian countries or some other cold eastern uh, midwestern parts of US. It's way nicer. You know, so I think that's the reason why they want to keep it alive. But um, I don't think it's going to last. Uh, how does media attention compare between the Coyotes and the Suns? Good question, because I saw this when I got back to the hotel after getting drunk. Uh, the local news I turned on show the Suns highlights first. And they clearly show the key plays. They show the Coyotes one against the defending Stanley Cup champs, which they declared on the local news. Yet, they didn't even show the OT winning goal. So there. That's how much shit they give up. They give about hockey. The local media there. And then uh, I think Ivanka Osmak of Sportsnet. Roger Sportsnet back up in Canada. Used to work in Phoenix as a news anchor, news reporter or something. So ask her. Tweet at her or something. I, I think I second-handedly proved that point. Uh, the last question. Will Las Vegas hurt them? Uh, if you don't know, Las Vegas is getting a hockey team called the Golden Knights starting next season, 17-18 season. They're going to play in the T-Mobile Arena where there's a lot of UFC events and WWE events right now. Uh, I met a lot of people from Vegas, uh, a lot of Penguins fans, and also uh, first-time hockey watchers, which was interesting. Um, they're just excited to see the Penguins <laughs> in Vegas. Uh, I didn't hear much about the Golden Knights. Uh, I think one thing I'm worried about is the ice condition. Um, if Phoenix is going to have this much trouble, how much trouble is Vegas going to have? Number two, uh, will people really care? It's not like basketball. At least basketball has some history in Nevada with all the prep schools and UNLV, uh, you know, NBA All-Star Games and a lot of eh, there's a lot of flashy thing about basketball, but hockey, there's nothing there. They had an international hockey league in the mid nineties. Curtis Joseph played there. Um there's no interest whatsoever. I it's gotta be like coyotes all over again. But 
you know, if you're a tourist, like Vegas is a spot to go, especially in winter. So I think it's an attractive option. Will it hurt the Coyotes? Um, I think peop- at least those f- people that live in Vegas as other teams fans, like the Red Wings fans, Leafs fans, Habs fans, Bruins fans, Penguins fans, that travel down to Coyotes to see them, I think that revenue is certainly going to get hit. And it was pretty evident that all the Penguins fans came down from Vegas uh, or a lot of retirees living in that area. Uh, but I think uh, at the same time, I'm looking for the regional rivalry you know, between uh, Arizona and uh, the Vegas, the Golden Knights, Knights versus the Yotes. It would be like the Desert Series or something. And I'm sure they're going to have a stadium series, the outdoor game. You know, in January or December in the middle of a, I don't know, some outdoor arena. I don't know if there's an outdoor arena in those places because it's too hot in the summer. So, uh, I think it will affect the Coyotes' home games for sure because Coyotes aren't going to make the money on their own. Uh, But when they have the rivalry game, they got to create an artificial feud between the two. Maybe that could work. If they have a playoff game between each other, sure. Uh, it could help, but I think it certainly hurts the Coyotes. And then um, I guess it doesn't matter if they move to Seattle or something. I think that having, if you want to compare Arizona versus uh, Las Vegas rivalry versus uh, potential Seattle or Portland versus Vancouver Canucks rivalry, I would rather take the Pacific Northwest. Uh, it, and we're we're missing the rivalry right now. The last one we really could have had was a. Grizzlies versus the uh, Sonics, but my God, it's funny because uh, both teams are out now, and then one's in Memphis, the Grizzlies, and then the Sonics are in Oklahoma City, obviously, and then they they played on the playoffs, and then people wanted Memphis versus Oklahoma. What the hell is this? But like, that should have been Vancouver versus Seattle in the NBA playoffs. So, yeah, I think a Vegas will hurt them actually, and then uh, I think Vegas has a better tourist attraction point than uh, Phoenix for all the road fans. Because I I'm certainly planning on going to Vegas to see the Leafs uh, at some point. So, yeah, because the flight tickets are cheap. It's like $80 from Seattle and Alaska each way. Then the hotels, whatever, we'll figure it out. And then uh, Vegas tickets, I'm sure first season is going to be expensive. And then when the big teams come, you know, they'll do it. So uh, they'll they'll raise the prices. So um, there's that. So uh, I hope, you know, for sake of, uh, I mean, I, I respect what Arizona has been doing, you know, the fact that they survived two decades is unbelievable. But at the same time, I really can't see that hockey team surviving. I hope they really move them fast. I know Portland's looking for a team. Seattle doesn't have an arena, but they want the basketball team first. But Seattle needs a fucking winter sport. Without the Sonics, God, there's nothing to do here. I'm about to lose my mind. So, um, you know, I, I, I hope Arizona moves out. And then that mall is wow it's so artificial it feels so fake being there i feel like i but the fact that i got to experience it and then i i kind of jokingly said you know this might be the last time i see the arizona coyotes in arizona so i said what the hell i'll take a shot and then um you know there's some players that's been there that i certainly see some hardcore fans that's been there from the beginning but i feel sorry for them but that's what happened in in all these places that don't work out we need 20 million of you we need like 5 million of you not just 10,000 of you you know for the game to grow and then uh, more fans have more attraction and have other city fans come visit for sake of the environment and then i know they're trying really hard and then the funny thing is every giveaway in between they gave away everything 
Uh, no, by the way, I forgot to mention the game I went to. It was a Larry Fitzgerald night. They had to get the most popular Arizona Cardinals player to promote a hockey game, and they couldn't even sell out. So I got a free bobblehead doll, Larry Fitzgerald, wearing a Coyotes jersey. And then I tweeted this out. The photo of Larry Fitzgerald, the bobblehead doll, holding the hockey stick, the blade was downward. But then he wasn't like holding the stick. He was just holding it in one hand. His hand was upright, but then the blade was facing down on the floor. And I'm like, Arizonans, do you even know how to hold a fucking hockey stick? Is this what Austin Matthews grew up with? So I posted a picture where I, you know, put the stick blade up and then put the handle down to the ground against on the gravity point. That's how you're supposed to hold a hockey stick. He's like, Arizona's, you don't even know how to hold a hockey stick. And you're giving away a fucking bobblehead of a guy who doesn't even play hockey, who never skated in his life, except for this YouTube clip they had to record. It was unbelievable. But, you know, there's a longtime guy who's there since the Winnipeg Jets days, the first Winnipeg Jets that moved to uh, Arizona. Shane Doan, he's been there 20 years. You know, I give him all the credit. You know, like Austin Matthews, he's like, you know, Shane Dono's insp- inspiration, but like, yeah, there's only one of you, unfortunately, over 20 years. Um, so there's that. And uh, Arizona in general, it was cool. Oh, uh, shit, I didn't talk about the Scottsdale. So after the game, I went to the, I went to the Scottsdale. There was a question I got. Like, uh, I didn't put, I don't write it on here. How was Phoenix? I didn't go to Phoenix. That was a problem. Uh, I was in. I was. I should have gone to downtown Phoenix. I didn't know. I wanted to stay close to the airport, so I ended up hanging out at the Scottsdale area. Uh, someone recommended me to go to the old town. Ah, uh, that is a touristy shit. And then the locals that drove me there, and then other local people I met, I was like, yeah, we never hung out, hang out in Scottsdale. That's where people go and then uh, ignore each other. They think they're too good for each other. I was like, yeah, I kind of feel that vibe. And then the gin and tonic, the Hendrix and tonic was $12 each. So I was like, I paid $28 for two drinks. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then I was watching the end of UFC. So um, I'm like, I'm not coming back here again. And I got like three restaurant recommendations in Phoenix. So I'm, I'm going to try that next time. Maybe I'll come for the uh, Diamondbacks game. You know, they suck. So I'll, I'm sure the tickets are cheap. So uh, anyways, uh, that's it. I know we went way, 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 way over time here. But uh, thanks for listening. Keep subscribing. And then uh, please leave a review on iTunes. I don't care what star you give. If it sucks, let me know. Um, Getting some feedback. Thank you for the questions that came in uh, today for this week's edition. Uh, You know, uh, maybe we'll have a list. Maybe we'll rename the show The List, like The List of Jericho. And then I'm just going to answer all the questions that's on the list. That's the best way to go. I don't know. Who knows? We'll keep it a show. If you have a name suggestion, go ahead. I'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, we're on iTunes. Look for a show with a thumbs up. Also on Google Play Music. Also on Stitcher. SoundCloud, obviously. That's where the feed comes from. TuneIn Radio, I'm on there too. And then, um, yeah. So, uh, tweet, 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 yeah, Twitter is what a show. All one word. What a show is a tweet handle. If you know me on Facebook, Facebook me, WhatsApp me, or whatever. If you know me. And then uh, I'll be back next week. Uh, We'll be off to, uh, where is it? Anchorage, Alaska this week. So we're going from desert to tundra. 
well, not exactly Tundra because it's Anchorage. So I'm going to go see another hockey game, uh, ECHL game. So uh, I don't know how it's going to go. It's going to snow. I don't know if I'm going to rent a car. There's no Lyft or Uber there, so we'll figure it out. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I've never been to Alaska, so I'll pick up one more mug, and that this is another day trip. I'm doing it solo. So I'll let you know how that goes. Send some questions if you have questions about Anchorage or Alaska or anything in general. I'll answer those questions like I did today. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, and I'll check back next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>